Now I'm not going to do this, but I've got I've got all the various words of what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk to you about leprosy. I've got all the references of the word leprous. There's five. The word lepers is there's six references. Uh, now. The word leprous is only in the Old Testament five times. The word lepers is in the Old Testament five times. And, uh, no, no, it's not. It's in one time and five times in the New Testament. The word leprosy, total of 37 times. Uh, and uh, four times in the New Testament and 33 times in the Old Testament. And the word leper, singular, it's a total of 16 times, and you've got two, four references in the New Testament, and the other 12 are in the Old Testament. These are all the words. Now, chapter 13, if anybody needs a reference, I've got them all right here. Uh, now, chapter 13 of Leviticus, I'd like to read the whole thing, but man, it's 59 verses. I'm not going to read it all, but let's read just a little bit of it. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron. Now you understand this is in the desert wilderness after they've come out of Egypt into the, across the Red Sea on dry ground, dry shod. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron saying, when a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of his sons the priest, and the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Now this, all of this chapter 13 and chapter 14 uh, are all about leprosy and the cleansing of a leper. And so uh, there's 57 verses in chapter uh, 14 and there's 59 verses in chapter 13. So there's uh, over 100 verses devoted to leprosy. So it, And then I've got all of those references in the New Testament. So there's quite a bit of referencing the the, the disease, leprosy. Now somebody says, well, is that the same leprosy that is in existence today? I don't think it is. There is a leprosy. It's called Hansen's disease, H-A-N-S-E-N. And there, I think there still is a leper colony in Louisiana. I know there's one in, in Hawaii. And then uh, when I was in Brazil with Dempsey Henderson, George Bean, they had been going to a leper colony outside of San Luis preaching. I never, I never did go with them because they didn't go while I was down there with them. But I would have gone with them had they gone. And so, yes, the disease leprosy is still is, is around. Is it the same as it was in the Bible? No, and I believe there's some reasons why we could say that it, it isn't. But one thing... They've got medicines that will stop it and cure it. Well, they didn't have anything in those in, in the Lord in the in the uh, desert wilderness. 
in Israel to cure it. Uh, we believe that this, this is the Lord's disease. Uh, look at, uh, I think it's 14, verse 34. Now I'll go back to 13, verse 4 and 4. Nah, that's not what I want. Anyway, it's here. I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, but God says he would send the disease. And so the only cure for it was a miraculous cure. They weren't told to go see any medical man. They had to go see the priest. So I believe that leprosy is God's special disease here in the Bible to teach us about one subject, and that is sin. Now, there's several things that we don't know much about in our world today. We need to learn more about it. And sin is one big subject that we don't know much about. And you've got so many of these religious quacks that people, they make billionaires out of them. That uh, Ken Copeland, he owns several airports. And he's, he's a rank heretic. And so you, all of those guys, Joel Osteen and all those guys, they're rank heretics and people flock to them and make millionaires out of them, if not billionaires. Well, I don't care about their money because they ain't going to take it with them. It's just like Howard Hughes, a multi-billionaire. You know how much of it he took with him? Nothing. Not a dollar. And that's what they'll take with them, but they'll meet that money before the Lord. Anyway, I'm not envious of their money. I'm just talking about how many people flock to them and they don't preach almost not a word of truth and what truth they do. They twist it. But then somebody here starts struggling with the Bible, preaching the word of God, they don't care a thing about it. But you will someday. You will because you'll live to regret every time you've heard the word of God and you've let it slide. You've let it go by. God said, he said, you read Jeremiah, read, read all the prophets. God said, I sent you. I sent you prophets. And what'd you do? Kill them. That's what he said to Israel. That's what you did. You stoned them to death. You killed them, murdered them. I sent you. I sent you plagues. I sent you uh, famines and all of that. And if you did not turn, you would not turn. And I hear everybody talking about it. And I I believe in prayer, not general prayer. With this uh, football player, all everybody's been praying. But I want to know to whom they are praying. People say, oh, I believe they on television, the newscasters. I believe prayer. I believe prayer works. What kind of prayer? People pray to anything and everything. People get in trouble, they'll pray to anything they think can help them. I believe prayer from a believer to God Almighty in the name of Jesus Christ 
and praying according to his will, I believe that amounts to something. I don't believe praying to any God there is, and there isn't but one, but there's lots of false gods. Don't tell me that prayer helps, because it does not. I don't know what it does, but people, oh, well, it's psychologically good. I ain't worried about psychologically good. I'm worried about what is. There's one God who is able to save and to destroy. Amen. One lawgiver. And that's and he must be prayed to. We pray to God the Father by the unction of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. And I believe it does make a difference. Amen. Anyway, so we need to learn something about sin. We don't know anything about it. Most of us don't. True believers do. But people in this world, matter of fact, they don't even think sin exists anymore because, because now it's okay for two men to get married. It's okay for two women to get married. It's okay for a little boy to cut his things off and say he's a girl or, or, or a girl, little girl to glue things on and say she's a boy. We, say, we think that's all right. But it's not all right. God doesn't make anybody that way. They turn themselves that way. That's rebellion. And it ain't right. It's abomination in the sight of God. The word of God has not changed. Homosexuality, the practice of it, is abomination unto God. The Bible has not changed. And you know what? All of the ten is still there. There's the top ten. The Ten Commandments, every one of them count. Every single one of them counts. We're not on our own. Your conscience is not your guide. The Word of God is your guide. And it tells you that every soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now there's two subjects that we know very little about. Sin and death. These politicians have tried to convince us that they're going, to, they're going to get rid of this death. If we can do this, we'll get this done, we're going to get rid of death. No, you're not. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it's a sad part of life. But people die. Matter of fact, we're all going to die. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And we never know when. And so death, is it a normal part of life? Absolutely not. It's not what the funeral homes tell you, that it's a natural, beautiful thing, a transition. No. Death is the last enemy that shall be put down. Death came as a result of sin, for whereby one man sin entered, and death came upon all. Everybody's going to die. So all of these big powerful dudes, they all die. There's nothing they can take that's going to keep them from dying. You can take some things, you can take some uh, uh, herbs, and you can take some kind of vitamins and stuff that will help you for a while. But they ain't got an eternal pill to give you. There's no pill to give you that's going to guarantee you that you're going to live even a day longer. Even the Bible says exercise profits for a little while, a little time. Yeah, it's good, better for you to exercise if you can. 
and get yourself in good shape. That doesn't mean you're going to live forever. It may not prolong your life a day. It may give you a better quality of life while you're here. But it's not going to prolong your life. It's appointed unto man wants to die. So we need to know more about that. We need to teach our children. Oh, I don't want my child to go to a, to a funeral home. You better let them understand that death is real. It's real all over. All right. Anyway, leprosy is a, well, the word itself means a stroke. <clears throat> Smitten, a stroke. That's what the word in the Hebrew means. It's a stroke from God. And we describe it here a little bit. I don't want to use all my time, but number one, it proceeds from the glands. You can read all that in chapter 13 and uh, 14. Well, how does that, re how does that represent sin? Ha, ha, ha. Every molecule of our body is tainted with sin. It proceeds from the glands. It spreads over the whole body. Isaiah said in the first chapter, from the top of the head to the soles of the feet, the whole body, every molecule of our body, inside and out, we're tainted by sin. And it just gets worse. And we've illustrated that for you before. But it just gets worse. We just keep on sinning. We're sinners by nature. That's what we got from Adam. But we're also sinners by choice. That's what we do. And we're also sinners by practice. That's what we continue to do. Who does that? Every offspring of Adam. And we all are. Except for one. That was Jesus Christ. Uh. Look at Isaiah 64 real quick. All the way to the back of Isaiah 64. Verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. <laughs> you got it? And all our righteousnesses, that's our good works, are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And you know what? When the stroke came, leprosy, it was over with. No disease was so stinking and hateful. It was a horrible disease. It was very contagious and infectious. It infected everything it touched. You say, well, I'm not. Well, yes, you are. Spiritually, you are. Yes, you are. That's what sin is. That's what sin is in our person. People. Unless God intervenes with his grace and his spirit in changing us, that's what we do in this society. That's why it gets worse every day. 
It separated the leper. It separated him from God, from everybody else. It was painful. It was incurable. Most that had it went to the grave with it. The only ones that got cured were those that were miraculously cured by the sovereign work of God. Its symptoms were that it weakened you. Well, Romans 5, 6 said, when we were yet without strength. Didn't say you had some strength, said you without strength. And leprosy weakened you. You had no power. Swelling and tumors. That might indicate pride. Conceit. Oh, we've got it. You were thirsty. Thirst for pleasure, never satisfied. Read the, the epistles of Paul. Never able, never satisfied. This is constantly, constantly after something else. I'm going to get this. This will make me happy. Or this will make me happy. No, nothing will make you happy. Nothing will. Nothing will satisfy you. And then those bursting boils. That could be what Job had. Risings. And you know what that all that stuff did? It infected. Anybody that touched it, it infected them. Well, go on with some more here. It was incurable except by miracle. Now I'm going to get into the ritual of cleansing. But first, let's look at this. Uh, back in chapter 13, verse 45. Or 44, he is a leprous man, he is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head, and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, torn, and his head bare, couldn't wear a hat. And he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. When you were pronounced a leper, your life was over. You were dead while you lived. I think Paul said that about some women there in one of the epistles, didn't he? They're dead while they live. Yeah, that's what they were. You were dead. You were as good as dead while you lived. It was a living death is what it was. Well, what did God tell Adam in the Garden of Eden? In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. What Paul tell the Ephesian brethren? He said, you hath he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And the only Paul gives us two, two people there. Two kinds of people. People who have been quickened by the sovereign spirit of God and those who are dead. That's the two kind of people that are in this world. Ain't talking about their color. Ain't talking about their language. Ain't talking about their wealth or their poverty or anything else. The two kind of people in this world. Those who are dead in trespass and sins and those who have been made alive by the power of God. Uh, the cure... 
we'll see this if we ever get into it. It's all about Christ, not medicine, not treatments. There's no medicine for it. Wasn't any, still isn't for that. The high priest is in charge, not the physicians. Look at chapter 14, verse 34. Verse 33, the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When you come in, when you be come into the land of Canaan, that's the promised land, which I give to you for a possession. Now that's, I don't care what the Palestinians say, or the communists, or the liberals, or the Democrats say. Palestine is God's country for, for the Jewish people. And Donald Trump is the first one to ever recognize Jerusalem as a capital. He did more for the Jews than any other president, including the Bushes. And I put, look, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession. And he that owneth the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seemeth to me there is as it were a plague in the house. Yes, that plague of leprosy could be in the walls and the stones of a house. And how did it get there? Who put it there? God put it there. So it's God's disease. Now there, there was a false leprosy. Look at this real quick. You can see sin in general, but not specific. Not under the Spirit's conviction. Now look at this. Well, 13, four, verse 4. See, there's so much here. If the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days. Now when he went, he got some places that he's doubtful so he got to go show himself to the priest not the doctor to the priest and the priest is not sure so he shuts him up for seven days to check the progress of it alright verse 5 and the priest shall look on him the seventh day and behold if the plague in his sight be at a stay it's, it's stopped and the plague spread not in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up seven days more. Going to make sure. It's too dangerous not to make sure. And the priest shall look on him again the seventh day. Now this is the second week. He's been in quarantine. And behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Now let me tell you what. There's not one mention of New Testament baptism in the book of Leviticus. And the goofballs, Southern Baptists, say that this proves, because they had to go wash themselves and wash their clothes, that, that John the Baptist learned how to baptize from this. What a bunch of goofballs. I know they got the doctor's degrees. But how stupid do you have to be? 
I've been given this as references for that. How they, how the John the Baptist learned. No, John the Baptist didn't learn baptism from washing uh, nasty clothes. God sent John to baptize the only one he ever did. Nobody after him. And that baptism is in his true kind of church. And what, I mean, it, this reminds me, these so-called Baptists that, that fall for that, I hope somebody challenges me on this, that so-called Baptists that fall for that reminds me of the goofball evolutionists. Have you ever thought about what they say? Everything in the universe was reduced to the size of a dot on that page. Anybody, you understand about pressure. What happens to your, your compressor if that refrigerant gas doesn't turn into a, to a gas if it's a liquid? You have to replace it, don't you? What happens to that engine of yours, that reciprocating uh, gasoline engine, if that gasoline hasn't been atomized into a gas as it enters from the valve into the upper cylinder, if a little bit, just maybe a spoonful of liquid gets in there, what are you going to have to do? We're going to have to at least replace a, 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 a piston or two. Maybe a lot more than that. Because you can't compress it, you bunch of idiots. You can't compress stuff like that. You can compress gas, but even that to a limit. But you can't compress liquids and solids like that. It just ain't possible. But they say that all the trillions of stars out there and planets, the whole planet Earth, and everything in it was reduced to a size of a dot. How stupid do you have to be to even entertain such a thing? I thought Nicodemus was pretty dumb when he said, how can a man once he's grown enter again into his mother's womb? That's pretty stupid. Pretty impossible. But reducing everything to the size of a dot. And they said it's going to happen again in a few billion years. I mean, you know, Paul talked about the ignorance that is in them because of their unbelief. Yeah, well, that's there. Anyway, uh, verse 6. Did, we, did I read that? Yeah. Yeah, that's where he washed, be clean. All right, well, that got me off. That's because that Beasley Murray wrote a big book on baptism. And he's the one that said that, that this all proves where John the Baptist learned how to baptize. It looks to me like it's just washing their flesh and washing their skin and their clothes. Duh. Like Campbellites, they think they see water, it's baptism. We've got water on their brain. They don't know what they're doing. The word, word of God is very plain. Anyway, so there was a false leprosy, and that was my point. 
Everybody that thought they had it didn't necessarily have it. But if they thought they had it, they had to go to the priest and the priest would quarantine them for seven days and they still weren't sure, another seven days. And then after two weeks of quarantine, if it didn't show any of the signs, then they would pronounce them clean. But then they got to go wash everything, got to go clean up. All right. Uh, first, let's look at this. Shut them up for seven days and seven days more. Uh, This could be like somebody that gets a bad case of religion. Thought he had leprosy, but just had a pimple. I call this pimple religion. There's a lot of people get into religion, pimple religion. Nothing really happened, they just got a little leaning for it. And that's how all these big churches are filled up. Well, people got nothing but a pimple religion. Uh, they come back just like before. Nothing's ever changed. Look at verse 9 of chapter 13. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought to the priest. The priest shall see him. Behold, if the rising be white in the skin, and it have turned the hair white, and there be quick raw flesh in the rising, it is an old leprosy. Now, this is a real leper. Uh, in verse 12, if the leprosy breaks out, Abroad in the skin, the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath the plague from his head, even to his foot. Wherever the wheresoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider and behold, if the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he per, shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white. He is he is uh, clean, and I call this a new leaf religion. He turned over a new leaf. See, that's what happened. That fellow in, in the in the New Testament, what the the demons went out of him. And he cleaned and swept out and garnished his, his headquarters. But then them demons went out and said, gathered a whole bunch of others. And said, let's go back here. Now we got more room. Took a whole bunch with him. He said, the end of that man was worse than the beginning. Now he's full of demons. He just had one. Now he's full of them. I believe that's what's happening here. It's new leaf religion. People just, well, I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to make my decision for Christ. You hear all this. All you got to do is just believe. Believe what? Well, I believe. Yes, you believe. Get them down in front of the church. You believe? Yeah, I believe. Uh -huh. And you do, you do receive Christ as Lord? Yeah, I do. Uh -huh. They don't even come back to church at night. It's not real religion. It's not real. It's just, it's phony. Uh, uh, there's another one here at verse 18. The flesh also in which even the skin thereof was a boil and is healed. In the place of the boil there be a white rising or a bright spot, white and somewhat reddish. And to be showed the priest, if when the priest seeth, behold, it be sight and lower than the skin. And the hair thereof be turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. Uh, but if the priest look on it, verse 21, and behold, there be no white hairs therein. And if it be not lower than the skin, but be somewhat dark, then the priest shall shut him up seven days, and it will spread much abroad in the skin. Then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. But if the bright spots stay in place and spread not, it is a burning boil. And the priest shall pronounce him unclean. So there again, these are false leprosies. And these are false professions of religion. People get into, people get into a big revival meeting. 
have a big tent revival. And there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of music, and a lot just a lot of people walking. Well, that's how they used to do it in the Billy Graham Crusades. They'd have people out there like Judas Goats. They'd, as soon as they start singing to Just As I Am, and then they start coming down the aisle. And they'd, call it, they'd start the flow. And all these people having just a, something happened to them. And they had a little religious thing. That's all it was. Didn't amount to anything. Wasn't real at all. And I'm going to have to go on with this. Uh, true leprosy. Well, let me tell you. There's a burned up religion in verse 24. And that's when they get scared of hell. Scared of God's wrath. But they hide from God. They don't flee to Christ. Revelation 6, what's it say? With that sixth seal, when all the stars fall like ripe figs, and what do they do? All oh, they run to the rocks. They hide us from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of His wrath has come. And who shall be able to stand? Yeah, there are lots of people that are scared of God, scared to stand before the white throne judgment, scared to die, but they don't run to Christ. False, false religion. Uh, now look at verse 45 and 46 of this chapter. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. Now, these are the signs or the indications that he's actually got real leprosy. It goes deeper than the skin. The hair turns white. It destroys the hair at the follicle. It spreads all over them. And then there's quick, raw flesh. And then you find it's incurable. So, there's, and what we find there. Now, I'm unclean. I can't go back to my house. I can't go kiss my wife or hug my kids goodbye. I cannot go back near anybody. I've got to put the cover over my lip. My head shaved. My clothes are rent. And anybody gets within, within touching distance or even cross the road. Unclean, unclean. That's not a joke. That's what you've got until you die. And you dwell alone. What an what a awful development. That is. That weakness. Separated from family, friends, forever, dwelling alone. Your clothes rent. Your head bare. No shelter. Go cover, uh, nothing to hide you. No place to hide. The covering on your lip and a warning cry. Unbelievable. Bad, 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 bad. Now, the only cure is a miracle. Amen. Now, how long does it last? Well, don't know. 
You remember Jesus cured some. I don't know that I'm going to have time to do all this. I hate to get into it and not do it. But look at chapter 14. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. Now this is not one of them false leprosies. This is one that was a real, declared leprosy, and the Lord has healed him. Well now, remember Naaman? The Syrian? God struck him with leprosy. And he was, he was told to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. God, God cured him. Miriam had it. Hezekiah had it. Not, yeah. Then shall the priest command to take for him. Now here we go. This is in the cleansing ritual. That is to be cleansed. Two birds alive. And clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop shall dip them, and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And we got this now. They could be turtle doves, pigeons, clean birds. You got two of them. One of them's killed, and hit. that blood covers the other blood, the other bird. It was killed over running water, and he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose. Into the open field, and he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head, and his beard, and his eyebrows, even all his hair he shall shave off. He shall wash his clothes also, he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean, and on the eighth day he shall take two he lambs without blemish, and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish, and three tenth deals of fine flour for a meal offering, meat offering, mingled with oil and one log of oil, and the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean, and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. This was a big deal. And the priest shall take, take one he lamb and offer him for a trespass offering and the log of oil and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand, upon the great toe of his right foot, and the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. 
and the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall he the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering, and the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord, and the priest shall offer the sin offering, make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed from his uncleanness, and afterward he shall kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meat offering upon the altar. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, and he shall be clean. And if he be poor and cannot get so much, then he shall take one lamb for a trespass offering to be waived, to make an atonement for him, and one-tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering and a log of oil. And two turtle doves or two young pigeons, such as he is able to get, and the one shall be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. He shall bring them on the eighth day for his cleansing unto the priest, uh, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Now, the priest did all of this. The leper only received, but he was cured. So all of this cleansing ritual shows what has been done. What's already occurred. He was cured and consecrated. Then he works. The two birds are Christ. The two birds are Christ. One died and one lived. That's the only way you can show Christ. Christ died and Christ lived. These two birds, one of them died and the other one lived. One would not do. He was alive. And one of them was alive. In him was life. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. That you might know him and the power of his resurrection. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. They were clean birds. No vultures. He was sinless, spotless. But again, it was not his deity on trial, but his humanity that was tempted. In all points like as we are, yet without sin. He was sinless by his own victory over sin. Not because he couldn't sin, because of his own victory over sin. Exactly what Adam failed, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, Successful with it, absolutely successful. He earned perfect righteousness in behalf of his elect, and thus he imputes that righteousness to his believers, to his people. The cedar wood, it was incorruptible, fragrant because he was sinless. And when burned under the fire of God's wrath, it became a smell of a sweet savor. And the scarlet, the covering of blood, the hyssop mixed with faith. When they, at the Passover, when they put the blood over the lintel and the doorpost that was dipped in there by faith, there's hyssop. One bird killed, Christ died that the leper might live. Remember how vile and corrupt was the leper? How vile and corrupt was it? Well, what we don't really realize, 
that's where we are before God saves us. The earthen vessel, no blood was spilt on the earth. All of it accounted for. I think you could preach the doctrine of particular redemption right here. Jesus did not die generally for everybody. He died specifically for his people. It was over running work, running water, because it is the work of the Holy Spirit. God the Father chose, God the Son redeemed, and God the Spirit applies it. And the living bird, the wood, the scarlet, and the hyssop dipped in the blood of the dead bird and released that bloody bird. There's the live bird. After all this, he released that bird. And what happened to that bird? He flew away. I think he flew up. What happened to our Lord Jesus Christ? Not three days later when he died. He took his bird. He took the, the blood and went straight to the Mercy seat in heaven. Look at Revelation 19. I'll quit. Verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fiercest and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now the leper was to be touched with the blood, actually applied to his ear, his thumb, and his toe seven times. He's perfectly clean. Now and only now does he begin to work. And let me tell you this. You can't do a work for the Lord till you're saved. Amen. You really can't. Old things passed away. All things become new. Leprosy. What a, what a stroke. When God struck him. 
And you know, I think that's the way it is when God does a work of grace in you. When a lost person's saved, I don't think their life is ever the same again. It can't be. I know it's, I know that's the way it is. If you're not saved, think about it. Repent and believe the gospel.